0: In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and Sam Robertson, we are answering a question that you submitted via Instagram about decision-making, delay, laying fleeces, and being on time. This is a strong one. Join us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and I'm joined as ever by the delight that is...
1: Sam Robertson.
0: We never quite know whether I'm going to say your yeah. name or you're going to say your name. That's
1: why the, the space in between it gets longer and longer each time we're just seeing who it is See who's going to
0: introduce mr sam okay well we're delighted that you're here again for another episode and what we actually did was on our social media in fact my instagram one of the team was snapping pictures of us filming these uh, podcast episodes and asked you loyal listeners what would you like us to talk about and you gave us some fascinating comments and requests now a number of you interestingly went after women in leadership, female pastors, mm-hmm. unpack all of that. I'm very delighted to tell you that we already did a, a, oh, a few months ago, now I know weeks ago. And and we they are in the editing suite. In a series of, do we do about seven or eight programs? Sam? About eight, yeah. Yeah, with my dad and some of the other female leaders here, yourself. Uh, and, and in fact, my husband David came on to really chew together some of the weighty and actually quite controversial scriptures yeah. around women in leadership. So watch this space whenever those are ready for you to uh, find on our regular channels we will certainly let you know at this end from this podcast so they require a deep dive but one of you asked this question and we're going to chat it through it was a lady called Chelsea Don Dodson Dodson D O D S O N Dodson Dodson there we go hi Chelsea Don Dodson and this is your question um, now, remember that the number of characters you're allowed to type on an Insta is yeah, um, limited. limited. So, laying out the fleece, when does waiting for confirmation turn to disobedience? Let me say that again. Laying out the fleece, when does waiting for confirmation turn Turn to disobedience. Thank you, Chelsea. That is a super, super question. We love that question, and of course, that takes us right in to questions of delay, of obedience, of being in and out of time with God. All those pertain to the question that you're posing there. But the fleece comment is obviously from the Book of Judges, and we are in Judges six, and it is the story of Gideon. Sam, do you just want to tell us what the the life journey of Gideon? And why we, and where we get this concept of fleeces mm-hmm. from, and how we're supposed to handle it.
1: Absolutely. So, Gideon comes at quite a crucial point. Um, the, the individual Gideon comes at a crucial point in the Israelites' uh, life. They were hiding, they were fruitless, they had done evil in the eyes of the Lord. The Midianites um, are, are, they've been delivered into the hand of the Midianites. Yeah. And Gideon is raised up. The most unlikely of characters. I mean, shy, timid, insecure, doubting, not sure how to lead himself, let alone people. And he's raised up really as a military chief, as a military leader um, to lead um, an army into overcoming into the defeat of the Midianites.
0: It's interesting before you go on and explain the story that the Midianites, to give full context, the Midianites are the... um, People we would call the spirit of Midian would still say he still lives on. But in this case, it's the stealing of fruitfulness. And the Midianites are plundering the fields of all of the crops. Mm And forcing the Israelites, the people of God, um, into hiding in fear uh, into the mountains because the Midianites are coming to the fertile ground and robbing fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. You need to listen right now if you think, man, I should be having more impact than I'm having. I am working hard and not seeing the full fruit or the rewards of my labours. If you feel a Midianite spirit where you're not the full form of all that you should be, you're partially there, you're maybe putting seed in the ground um, and being... uh, uh, parabolic here. You got seed in the ground, and you're, you know, mature, and you're doing all the the due diligence portions. But here we are. There's something of a lack of full fruit. Then you need to, to pay attention, particularly to the Gideon story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so Gideon is being raised up now. He needs a lot of affirmation and confirmation. I mean, he asks for sign after sign after sign. Prove this is you, God, in the call. I need a sign. Confirm, confirm, confirm. Uh, And right towards the end um, of this dialogue, this encounter, this period of time that Gideon has with uh, the Lord, that uh, he puts out a fleece and that that I will read you the scripture in a moment, but this was his way of getting final confirmation, finally a sign that would affirm that this is God and that this is what he's to do. In verse 36 of chapter six of the, uh, in the book of Judges, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. But
0: that's quite remarkable that you've got this really wet, Rug, I suppose, yeah. cloth, a lot of fleece, animal skin and that you would have used for the floor. And it's totally soaking, but the ground, all about it, is bone dry. Yeah. That's a fairly evident sign. Yeah. And the sense of, we're told in scripture, not to, do not test the Lord your God. But there is this sense here in the laying out of this fleece on the ground and asking for it to be wet and for the ground to be dry of, God, look earnestly. I just need some confirmation here. I just need a sign, and it's a major thing you're asking me to do. And I think that would be my first lesson. This is a major, major thing. He's saying, if we're back in verse Judges six, verse um, uh, hang on a minute, thirty six. Sorry. Yes. If you will save Israel by my hand, in other words, this is not. Petty confirmation mm-hmm. and I do think we need to bring an initial distinction between just some obedience pieces that you just have to jolly well go on and do do it. I do think there are things where there's weighty weighty seismic yeah. uh call changes Absolutely. a seismic. Um, mantles of responsibility of leadership on your shoulders that you do say, God, I just need to do a double check. And my dad, it, something similar happened to him. He uh, felt called to the ministry. He didn't go into the ministry till he was 25, was his first pastoral a place in Coleraine Baptist Church in the north coast of Ireland, was his first pastorate. But he was working for an insurance for the, a bank, Lloyd's, in London. He, he's an English uh, guy, a uh, gentleman, my father. And the guy who said to him, look, if you feel a test, a call to come into ministry, I want you to test it, but a test for changing your life to come into full-time ministry is is a minimum of a two-year test. Mm-hmm. And that was what was said to my father. Ah. Because it puts you, as the Word of God says, into this double testing. Yeah. And the sense of, yes, you do get doubly blessed. The scripture is clear about this in the New Testament. We'll come to that in the next, I think, um, podcast about leadership and double testing. But the Bible does talk about double testing and double blessing. I'm paraphrasing the thoughts of scripture there. But that sense of there's a great pressure that's put on your shoulders by a move into senior leadership roles. And so I think Gideon is understanding this. If you will yeah. save Israel by my hand... As you have promised. So he's heard God, but he wants really evident clarification. Mm, It's a big deal. It's a massive deal. And my father went away for two full years and stayed in the insurance company Lloyd's in the city of London until he then went into biblical training. He actually went to the... um, Irish Baptist Training College because that was the creme de la creme of Bible theology colleges mm-hmm. at the time. It was it was the best. So well, he moved then into the Belfast, Northern Ireland context. So let's keep going so we're
1: here I mean he he doesn't just do it once he does it twice he switches it around and then the next portion he's saying don't be angry with me let me just wait make one more request allow me one more test with the fleece but this time make the fleece dry and the the ground wet and it happens as the story goes that that is what happened and he is called and he goes straight in to a triumphant victory Uh, with an unusual strategy Mm -hmm. a small team they uh, over throw the midianites and destroy them and liberate the israelites because of the this this series of encounters which they all are that um that Gideon goes through and you can feel the wrestle with Gideon here yeah. can't you and and as Emma said look i think we have to dis- to distinguish between what is daily obedience and what is the big risk brave decisions of all change and I think you have the daily obedience of we are obedient to scripture, we are obedient to the God who surprises us with requests sometimes, you know uh, talk to that person, say that thing go do this, let's talk about this we're obedient there Um, but there are big life changing seismic shifts of your future that you come to not all the time, I mean these are once in a lifetime twice in a lifetime at the most conversations and give Eddie saying, I need to be really sure. I cannot be hasty in making a decision. I cannot be quick in Mm -hmm. making a decision. I've got to be really, really, really sure. And actually, I think he is in the, I've got to make sure I'm sure so that I'm rightly obedient. And this is where you get the concept of laying out a fleece. I
0: I think this Large, dis- I think you're absolutely right, Sam. So, do you need a word to pray? No, it's no. You, you, you know, you pray without ceasing. Yeah. Do you need a word to give money away? No, that's mm. already in the Bible. Mm. Do you need a word? About a whole host of things. No, that's implied in scripture about behavior and yeah. choices and lifestyle. The very scripturally, uh, your standard template stuff. So, if you're saying, you know, should I go out and get drunk? Well, you know, I, I need to test yeah. God on that. No, you know you've got scripture. That's a no. Do Absolutely. not Ephesians verse. You know, do, do no, yeah. do not be drunk on wine. Yeah, you know, yeah. so there is a whole load of um, fairly. Uh, basic decision makings that we faff about. There's that great Scottish word, faff. Faff. You faff about, and it it, it means what it says. You're you're bitty and confused over things that are very scripturally clear. God says, I do not get drunk on wine. God says, I give. God says, you know, "I, I forgive. God says, Um, That is credited to me, you know, as righteous when I believe and I don't see. All those kind of things that really you are in the instant obedience about because they're very clear in the Logos written canonical biblical text. So here we are, Gideon and the call into the senior leadership. I do believe that when you're making major life decisions, particularly geography and career, particularly those major moves, you always have moments afterwards where it will look like you made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It's bound to be because which of us is born for per- perfected lives? No, we're we're born for lives that are processed, that have rocky roads and smooth roads. Mm-hmm. We're born for the journey with God where sometimes he allows some thorn bushes in the path and sometimes he allows some very heartbreaking processes to come to us so that we might grow more into the image of his son. And so we have um, this place of... Um, Understanding that I need a reference point before God where I've heard God clearly so that I know I am on the right road.
1: Yeah.
0: So that I know that when it falls apart, I'm not here in that it was part of the journey yeah. and that I have a moment where I go, God, you said. God you said so I know I'm not in the right place and I did due diligence and I asked my friends and I got uh, a second and third opinions and I came back to you for confirmation and God I was so sure of this move that when it falls apart or it doesn't all hang together I will still trust you cuz my feet are in the right direction and i'm in the right place and i'm doing the right thing and if it doesn't all hold together it's not that i go back into victim spirit or poor me or whatever else i heard you and this must then be part of your process for me so that i grow into the image of your son Mm.
1: so good so good and for many people as the questions came up that Um, that process is uh, a laying out of a fleece and actually people do some quite ridiculous things and ask some quite ridiculous things when it comes to laying out a fleece i mean have you ever made a decision emma and you beforehand have laid out a fleece or your own version of
0: uh, yes Uh, yes yes (laughs) i think um there is a sense that um Oh God, I've prayed this. Oh God, I've got a hanging basket outside my house with dead flowers in it because I'm not a gardener. Um, I don't even know how I managed to even acquire a hanging basket. That's a miracle by itself. So I've got this hanging. Oh God, they're all dead. If they're all alive, if the miracle of life yes. has come to my flowers, you know, in the garden, then God, you it's a sign it's that, that it's real that I'm to make this decision. And of course, the flowers remained dead. And it wasn't that God was saying no. It's just that God, I think, in some of my fleeces like that, I've had others. Have you had fleeces? Come on, tell us. You're smiling.
1: I've had one fleece.
0: <laughs> I can see by the look on your face that I'm going to giggle. Is this? Yes. Tell I was me. 18. Uh-huh. I, I
1: was 17, which was just before I joined Glasgow Prophetic Centre, as, as we, we were, were there. Yeah. Um, and I was having a bit of a crisis about my future um, as a dramatic 17-year-old prophet would have. And I was in Asda. I think I was buying... Um, so that's a grocery yeah, shop grocery, here. Yeah, grocery, like Walmart yeah. um, for our North American family. Um, and it, I, I actually was in um, the aisle for curry paste. I remember it very clearly. I was going to cook a curry the evening, that evening. You for, were going
0: to cook curry? Yeah,
1: Thai tiger, 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 red curry. I remember it. Um, so I was going there. And I'm like, I am okay. trying to work myself up to make the decision to go into full-time ministry. Um I had had some accept like acceptance into uni, whatever, those At sorts 17, of things. That's
0: quite a big decision. Do I go into full-time ministry? But
1: I I know something and so I was like, God, if you make that aisle sign, like that's hung from the ceiling. The you, sign. The sign. The you this that says, is that says like curry this way, you know, in this aisle like aisle ten, curry pastes, rice, whatever. I was like, if you make it swing, <laughs> then I will believe that you've said this. If you make it go back and forward, this is what I'm saying inside. If the wind
0: of the spirit yeah. blows on the curry paste aisle in this gr- grocery shop, yeah.
1: It started to move. And I thought, I have my confirmation. And then to I. To go
0: into full time ministry.
1: Well, just that I'd heard God right, that I was to go into full time ministry. But then I noticed that the uh, the aisle was directly opposite the automatic double doors and that there was a storm outside and it wasn't that the the sign was swinging because of God. Someone just came into the store and the doors opened and a gust of wind came in that moved it. And I was gutted. I was like, no, I'm, is that a sign? Do I need to go to uni and study law? I don't want to study law. I want to go to ministry. Um, But anyway, I didn't. It's,
0: but it, it, I mean, we are laughing.
1: But it was re- in the moment, I was like, re- I, I, I put a lot. I was staking a lot on that sign, Emma. I was staking a lot on its swing. I was like, this is my moment. And you know, when you're 17, yeah. you've not lived a lot of life. It's a bit like you think this is the biggest decision in your life yeah, and true. everybody's following it. It was one I, of those moments. But I, yeah. genuinely, for me, as much as it was dramatic and it's hilarious when I look back on it now, I was like this with Gideon. I knew that God had said go into full-time ministry. I knew that he'd said, you got this call, but I wanted to be sure that I was sure that I was sure that I was sure because I didn't want to be in a space or doing a thing that God wasn't backing or actually saying.
0: Yes, and... and I mean it is ridiculous God swing the sign <laughs> yeah. at the end of the, the curry aisle the curry aisle in the grocery shop but it's it's as equally as ridiculous as oh get, God bring back to life my dying
1: yeah hanging basket. hanging
0: basket of flowers yeah. in the front garden I think we need to just summate our first of all our desperation to do the will of God
1: absolutely we wanted
0: to do the will mm. of God absolutely I would say both are examples are spurious nonsense and a lot of immaturity between Absolutely. us and we're happy to admit that oh, why sure. here's where i would go with that my dad seems a bit more elevated yes
1: I, his does put us to shame
0: <laughs> it does in that he knew what god had said and he sought very wise counsel mm-hmm. and he submitted to very wise counsel so that he could have a test of what was already in his heart. God had spoken, and his heart needed to sit in it. Mm-hmm. And he needed to verify that before God. Was that an ego thing? Mm. Was that a platform or a par or a position thing? And he sat and allowed the fullness of that either to become a longing, I must serve you yeah. above all, God, or no, it, was a, it it would fizzle out. However, I think there are moments like my hanging basket or your curry paste sign and even actually a little bit with Gideon. The Bible commentators say this, that the fleece journey of Gideon highlighted his level of significant unbelief. Mm -hmm. And that is painful. So when you say, can I lay out a fleece? You are basically saying this I have a problem with unbelief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only lay out a fleece when God has already spoken Mm -hmm. and you are looking for confirmation. And that is an unbelief issue. Mm -hmm. So, why does God not wave your sign in the supermarket? Because he'd already told. Because he'd already said. He wasn't going to pander to your unbelief and become the God who was like a vending machine. Oh, absolutely. Why did God not refresh the flowers in my hanging basket? He wasn't going to pander to my unbelief. He actually wanted to see if I was going to be obedient and brave, yeah. And brave first time. Come on. And that the level of the fleece often is connected to the level of the unbelief. Now, some of the commentators around Gideon say this, that because God wanted Israel saved, God was happy to work with Gideon in his unbelief. Why? Mm. Because God did not want his bigger plan derailed and disrupted. And so no character in the biblical story receives more divine assurance than Gideon, and none displays more doubt. Yeah. So you have this tragic situation of a man full of doubt, but a God who just needs the job done. Now, I have to say that is there in Scripture, so we use the story mm-hmm. and we do lay out fleeces, but what we learn from it is, is it is not the biblical norm. It's the biblical one-off about some significant things. But the biblical norm is if God says, how quickly can I be obedient? And how much can I pin my unbelief and doubt to the ground when I know you have already spoken? And so I feel when we talk about fleeces, we must have a conversation are by unbelief being nailed, down. Why do you want God? You want God to be like a performing monkey mm-hmm. to show you again when you already know what he said? You want God to turn some tricks for you and to demonstrate his mighty power so that you just feel better about yourself. You you don't want the place of faith. You don't want the place of obedience. You just want the massage of confirmation to the God who has already spoken. I actually I know that sounds very harsh. I actually think that is close. To how more of us come to use a fleece, uh, yep. pander to my unbelief, yeah. God.
1: Come on, make them sh- make sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, confirm, 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 confirm. And I think that answers the second part of uh, th- this lady's question about the 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 waiting um, for confirmation as. um as disobedience, um, I think. When, when does that? When does it? When does waiting become disobedience? Waiting becomes disobedience if you're delaying action on something God has already said because you're looking for confirmation again and again and again and again and again and again. How many times does God need to confirm what He has already said to you? Yeah. And, and should He always have to? He He needs first time obedience. And I think this waiting for permission. There is a short season where it's obedience. Waiting for permission. I'm waiting for God to speak on something. Mm -hmm. But the minute he speaks... You are in the ground where any delay after that potentially slides you into disobedience. Uh, even if the delay is, you, you, I mean, you can you can phrase it as much. I'm waiting for confirmation. Yeah. I'm waiting. You know, I'm, I'm laying out a fleece, and you may be as extreme as us and have a sign or a, a hanging basket, or it may just be I'm waiting for a couple of prophetic words. I had someone recently said uh, to me um, w- when I was traveling. I have had a prophetic word. God has spoke to me, spoke to me last year. But I had a a rule with God, and at first I'm going right, okay, Okay. that I would have three prophetic words to confirm it. That there would be three prophetic words individually before I acted on it. And I thought I said, and do you think God will bless that? Like he's like a genie. Yeah, like a a a genie. I need it three times, and I thought we've. Come so far where we need convinced into obedience. And we're actually asking God to convince us into obedience. And we've got to get back to the first time obedience of you have said, therefore, I will go. And and I think we have to recognize: look, you're never going to be a hundred percent resolved on something. And there there will always be that little bit of a is this you, God? And it is that space that you lean into dependency on the spirit of God, not just into more Signs, more asks, more requests. I,
0: I mean, I, I'm hoping you know that you have children really soon. You know, now that there's the, the married man status is on your shoulders. Mm. I, I know that w- w- raising my children, I, lots of conversations about obedience. And any parent, this will you know provoke a response. What I'm about to say in you to you, this sense of like, um, Peter, tidy your bedroom. Very command. Because mothers do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peter tidy bedroom. Peter tidy bedroom. At what point am I going to start to, as a human parent, and a God as a divine parent, get quite irritated? It's not going to take that long to be fair, I'll be a few, this a few matter, if you yes. asks. Why? Because you're part of something bigger than yourself, Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, poor Peter's getting picked on here. I do have more children than just Peter, but I'm using him. But, you know, I have to wash all of those dishes and launder and iron your clothes and make sure your bed linen is clean. You're part of a family unit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay, play your part in a timely process. You you have a knock-on effect in the well-being of the rest of family life. And yes, I can close your bedroom door and pretend it doesn't exist. But actually, I then have to come back much later in the day to do the laundry to, and uh, you, because you didn't bother to strip your bed in the time you were it. Ta- so you then get this irritated thing and then you get to a place where as a parent, now Peter is not this parent. Peter's actually quite clean and tidy, so I don't want to misrepresent my son here. But you get to the point where you become untrustworthy because, well, if I say it, they won't do it. Yeah. And if they we're going to go on a journey that I have to, up, and I actually have to then start with, rather than say, oh, Peter, when you have a free moment, son, would you just nip up and tie to your bedroom? You you then stop that, you, you lose that sort of tender communication and you're into that, Peter, I am looking at you directly. If you do not do this, it's going to be consequences. And then you get into consequences over the almost inconsequential, because a tidy, dirty bedroom, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. is not a big deal. But you it's understand through that Indians. example that y- you can lose a sense of trustworthiness. You can find that you are in this place of stronger communication because you just won't do the basics, mm-hmm. you know. And I do think, and you, we, you, I, the body of Christ, are part of a... Kingdom dynamic where if we don't play our part, a lot of things are disrupted are disrupted and so it's not and then God just says look I will find somebody if you cannot do it in a timely manner and you're testing me and testing me and testing me you know I did clean my bedroom no you clearly did not you know I brought all the mugs down no there's 16 by your bed I got the socks under my no you did not you know and you're in all of that sense of reliability and trustworthiness and can God know that when he says something that you're so there and you're all in and you're t- and actually this stuff really 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 matters
1: it does i mean when i was younger it always rings in my head my mom constantly would say to us I, I, a parent shouldn't have to ask twice i'm not asking you twice yes. um you know I, I i ask you once and you do it and obviously there were times where there were consequences there but i think in that i've, I've often applied that to god he shouldn't have to ask me twice and i think we don't often because in these little things you know like the cleaning of the bedroom etc we we don't often get in a world like now where it's like you do you we don't see the consequences as much yeah. a, of disabe- of our own disobedience immediately but actually i think the consequences of disobedience what you're pushing there emma actually is not just about me myself and i yeah. but it's about what i it contribute of a disruption to those around me um, whether that is the family dynamic or the church mm-hmm. or whatever that is as a prophet and a leader in this house, in this space, if I'm disobedient with a part of my call uh, or, or need convinced and delay my obedience yeah. what effect do I have on the prophets I lead or the prophets mm-hmm. I, I'm raising mm-hmm. and you've got to get out the, the mindset here you see Gideon, thankfully it was just over a short period yeah. of time, a couple of days this dialogue, this wrestle, but actually this call was not just about Gideon, Absolutely. it was about an army and it was about the defeat of the Midianites and it was about the liberation of Israel into a, a future mm-hmm. free place, into a fuller place yeah. and back into the dynamic of, uh, of her covenant with God and Gideon uh, uh, God, and God was strict with Gideon, Gideon just had to get over himself because it was not just about mm-hmm. him and this uh, obedience and mm-hmm. disobedience is never just about you it's never just uh, about what you can achieve in your life but it's about what your life achieves for others and the shadow that that you cover others with in that space and um and the need for our first time god shouldn't have to Mm -hmm. ask us twice and because i'm aware that disobedience is a it has an effect on those around me and not just me
0: yes i i think we are a delaying people By instinct. We are. And that shows not just the Gideon unbelief, but I do think that that shows a lack of trust. I want it secure. I want it comfortable. I want to know my future. Yeah. I want the I's dotted. I want the T's crossed. I want God, you to give me this, this blueprint plan, I want you to promise God that it's going to be okay and there's a degree of comfort in that and that is probably a misunderstanding of what trust is and probably a misunderstanding of the sovereignty of God that yeah. he's the king and I do what he says um, no matter what that looks like and I've just opened it to the great hall of faith in my mm. Bible, I've turned to Hebrews 11 and it's this by faith, by faith by faith, by faith by faith, verse 8 Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That's Hebrews 11, verse 8. And then, you know, he goes on to say, verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. In other words, he was looking for something that actually even today is not fully released to the earth, Mm -hmm. the holy city that is going to descend one day in the future. So by faith, Abraham offers Isaac. By faith, Isaac blesses Jacob and Esau. By faith, uh, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. And and so on, we go through the chapter. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. And this sense of, I do what you're asking me to do by faith. And I have to be content to know I will not know the whole package. Mm -hmm. I will not understand it all. I will not even know where the provision is always coming from. I will not know how you will make a way, God. I will know the step and I will be obedient. Now, yes, as I said about coming into ministry, you do need moments of confirmation. There are moments of confirmation where you do then say, God, I have an instinct this road will not be easy and I just need to double check. But mostly it is about instant obedience rather yeah. than those moments of constant checking. And I think if God is gracious and gives you a double checkpoint, I just need to sit with my friends and ask more about this, then make sure that is acted on once you've got wise input
1: Yeah, don't quickly. Keep, yeah, Don't keep coming up with other checks after yes. your second check is fulfilled. Yes, You're absolutely.
0: So thank you for asking that question. Yeah. I think we've answered it in that place of um, perhaps quite firmness in the... (laughs) Would you say it were prophets? Did you expect a shepherd's response? But that sense of God saying, the nations are in turmoil, war and war, and all the things that are going on that are tempestuous and tumultuous times, and the Spirit of God is saying, come on, I need you to be there, and I need you to do that. And we have to be honest enough to say... I think more of us have had more disobedience by delay than we would like to actually Mm. admit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, wow. Some of you got to go and make some decisions and take some actions. We bless you to be a people of obedient response and action to the things of God and to not be the endless person of mistrust, distrust, and unbelief. May you find bravery and risk to what God said first time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. We'll see you for another episode very soon, my friends. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call and a pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression you'll find that at demonbusting.com join us on these different platforms for more interaction with emma stark sam robertson and the gpa team